Generation of Kings. So what I want to do tonight is to just share with you, I don't know how many I'll be able to cover. There are about seven things that you're immunized against. I can't see any participation in the comments, so I don't know whether you can hear me or not. There are things you want to be humanized against. And from the word of God, I want to show you seven things that you're humanized against. So we're immunized because we're him-unized. We're in unity with him. So let's start with the book of Romans, where we read on Sunday. Romans, one of the scriptures that we read on Sunday. We read quite a number of scriptures. And I want to pick it from the book of Romans 6, 3 to 5. Our scribes can help us. Yeah. Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ, immersed into Christ? So think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Immersed into Christ, baptized into Christ, made one with Christ, as surely as the body of the swimmer disappears into the body of the ocean or the river or the swimming pool. When you look at the swimming pool, you might see some activity in it, but you're not seeing the swimmer, you're seeing the pool. So when in the spirit realm, they look at me and immerse and baptize and baptized into Christ and baptized, I'm immersed into Christ. As many as are baptized into him. Therefore, we were buried. It says we're baptized into his death. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. For if, if we had been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Now, so the resurrection, when God thinks about the resurrection of the believer, he's not just thinking about you living on a higher level. Is that he literally in Christ discarded the old man. That's why Paul does not say the former you. He does not. He speaks about the old man and he says, in your former lusts. But when it speaks about who you were before Christ, it says that man is an old man. Why? He, as far as heaven is concerned, he's a different person. That's why the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away and all things have become new. Old things have passed away. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Therefore, the key to spiritual growth is a new identity in Christ. The consciousness of my identification with Jesus. And that's why even when it comes to sexual immorality, the apostle says, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and that he lives on the inside of you? Therefore, it says you were bought with a price, you are not your own. Therefore, glorify God in your spirit and also in your body. Is that how can you join the Lord's body to a harlot? So that identification is what gives us the victory 
over gluttony, over weakness, over cruelty, right? Because we identify with Jesus as the new man in Christ. We don't identify with the old me, the old me, the old nature. We identify with Christ. Someone say, I was buried with him. I was raised in him. I am resurrected as he is. I am resurrected as he is. Right? So begin to understand that one of the operations of the blood, so the blood deals with your sin, covers all that stuff. One of the operations of the blood is that it creates a passageway for God to come in. It's almost like you're moving into a new house and that house is not what you want it to be like. So the blood does not even just cover your sin. Watch this. It also purges your conscience. Now, what is your conscience? Your seat of consciousness. Your conscience is what makes you sensitive to good or bad. Now, the fallen man's conscience is sensitive to bad. That's why it keeps doing bad. Because it's what you're most conscious of that will manifest in your activities. It's what you're most conscious of. That's why even in very legalistic environments, where they say, don't sin, don't sin, don't sin, don't sin, don't sin. You know what happens eventually? People sin, people sin, people sin, people sin. Because what they're conscious of is sin. And so sin consciousness makes you alive to the operation of sin. However, son consciousness makes you alive to the operation of the son by the ongoing activity and operation of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Is, this, is somebody getting that now? And finally, let me clarify this. The blood doesn't cover your sin. The blood washes your sin. And then it purges your content, your consciousness. Now, have you ever purged before? Have you purged before? You know when I say, I'm purging, I'm purging. What happens? You're in the toilet. You're sitting in the toilet. The moment you come out, after, I don't know, five to ten minutes, you go back. You're purging. What's going on there? That purging means that there's something in your system that your system was not designed to accommodate. And so, that purging is not a sign of ill health. That purging is actually a sign that your system is healthy enough to know when it's not healthy enough. And as a result of the health quotient of the body, it is pushing out dead weight. So the blood of Jesus brings in the life of God, the health of God, into your consciousness and then purges the old patterns. Are we getting there? So it happens, God comes, is for us. Romans 8.31, Jesus said, Romans 8.31, if God be for us, who can be against us? Who can be against us? So God cleanses us so that he can now take our home in his body. So God says your consciousness has to be different. It has to be different from when you used to watch porn, or even now that you're so tempted from time to time, or how you used to sleep over at your, your boyfriend's house, or how you used to hold money back from God, Right? You know, because we don't talk about that one. We talk about, you know, porn and sex and all of that. People that owe God money, they'll make promises to God. God, when you promote me, I will give you X, Y, Z. They don't do it. God says, don't stay conscious of what you are not doing. Stay conscious of what I have done and what it means in your life. I'll touch more on this on Sunday. And Sunday, we'll speak about Dr. Jesus heals my body. So what are seven things that 
the, uh, that I'm humanized against. Number one is death. Number one is death. Death. Because what happens is when I get born again, God brings his life into my life. And he makes his life one with me. John 5, uh, 24 to 25 is the scripture. Right? We're humanized against death. Let me say this. Your physical body may drop down, but you will never taste death. Your next encounter after your consciousness, don't forget that when people die, they are no longer conscious to this world. That's why coma and death are similar. Sleep is on the spectrum of lack of consciousness to this world. Coma is on the spectrum, then death is on the spectrum. The three of them are very similar, metaphorically. Death is like sleep with PhD. Coma is like sleep with master's degree. They are varying degrees. That's why when somebody is in coma, everybody's acting like, oh, I did that. They, they should not die. Listen, when the believer dies in Christ, he enters into a deeper sleep. I don't have enough time to examine that tonight, but get it. He enters into a deeper sleep, and the next time he's going to wake up in his full consciousness inside this body is going to be the resurrection. Now, when you sleep, you are not conscious of what has happened. You're not conscious of time and how time has passed. When they wake you up, you know, sometimes you sleep in the afternoon. And afternoon, you feel like you slept for a long time. When someone wakes you up, you think it's the next day. Has that happened to you before? What will happen to every believer when you sleep and you come into consciousness inside this body is that you will come into a new day. That day is a person. That day is Jesus Christ. That's why I said I'm the first and the last. When Martha said to Jesus, I know my brother will rise again on the last day. Jesus said, I am that day that you are talking about. And that day has come into time to raise him up now to finish his work in this dispensation so that he can die at the time that the day appointed for him to die, not the day that sickness came to take him. If, listen, if everybody died only when God wanted them to die, there will be no need for the miracle of resurrection. The miracle of resurrection is proof that people can die before their time. Oh, my word. Let me run. Let me run. Let me run. So, so because if people don't die before their time, why are you bothering them by undoing what you originally did? That means the devil can have his way if people don't know they're immunized. Lazarus was a friend of Jesus, yet he died before his time, in the manner of speaking. So engaging your immunity, when you see the operation of death, you say, stop there, devil, this far no further. If it's creeping, by the way, death has bandwidths. That means if a wound is not healing as fast, it could be an operation of death. You need to arrest it. If your mind, you feel like you're losing your mind, depression, anxiety, weariness, stop in the name of Jesus. I speak life to you in the name of Jesus. Have immunization. You present your immunization card. Like when you're traveling across the ocean, say, so do you have a yellow card? I've been immunized. It gives me access. Number two, we have been immunized against judgment. Against judgment. John 5, 24. Most assuredly, I said to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who has sent me as everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Of course, in 1 Corinthians 6, he explains to us that each man's works will be tested. Now, which works are going to be tested? See, the works of a dead person, they don't need to be tested. You know why? The reason for testing the works is to find the quality of the work and reward 
the worker for the quality of the work. So God does not need to judge the works of the unbeliever in the after here. Why? Because the unbeliever will be too dead to receive the reward for any good work he does. <laughs> so here on earth, an unbeliever that shows mercy can reap mercy because God is a just God. So whilst he's here on earth, he does something good. God can lavish stuff on that, right? But if the unbeliever, no matter what good works he does here, he does not translate. Listen, scoring straight A's in QC does not translate to first class in Unilag. Oh my word, can I talk right now? I could preach all night, but I need to run in, in 17 minutes. So absorb it. Scoring straight A's in QC does not translate to first class in Unilag. In Unilag or Maulag, as the one that's changing that time. The rules of engagement are different. Are you admitted or not? Are you on the quarter or not? <laughs> right? And if we die or die forever, who will God give reward? Another? Exactly. Exactly. So because we're going to leave, you will live to eat the reward of your neighbor. It's part of the prophetic provision. It's part of redemptive rights. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Somebody say I've passed from death to life. Say I'm humanized against judgment. You know why? God cannot judge one man twice. Jesus has already been judged for your sake. Now, if any man be inside Jesus, he's a new creature like Jesus. So the judgment you are supposed to judge, God judged Jesus on the cross. And how do you know that Jesus has already passed the judgment? Because Jesus is the only born, he's the firstborn and the only born now that has his material body swallowed up by immortality. Now, now, now. Every other body is decayed. Acts 2 says that David said, thou shalt not suffer your holy one to see corruption. You should not leave my, your holy one, your servant in the grave. He said, Peter said, yet David remains in his grave till today. So he was saying that David's son was a prophetic proclamation and picture of the Christ, which means that Jesus is the only person whose body is not in the grave. My daddy's body is in the grave. For some of you who've lost daddy's, mommy's, uh, cousins, uncles, aunts, grandparents, their bodies are still in the grave. They are best in a temporary body, if they're in a body at all right now, the arguments theologically. But the next time they will come into consciousness of all things material and things spiritual is when the body is revived. However, Jesus already has his redemptive body now, 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 now. And it's the man Jesus who can navigate the heavens and the earth. That's why people have visitations of Jesus even here on earth. That's why I've gone to minister in places before. And during spontaneous worship, people say they felt a hand on them. And they thought I was physically there. And then they realized it was the consciousness of the presence of Jesus. He can navigate. Now, why am I saying that? It means that if you, are, if you die in Christ, you have literally died in Christ, which means you're not going to face the judgment because you died in a man who already faced the judgment, passed the judgment, and is now seated with the first disposition of his rewards for doing a good work. So even Christ has received the title D for all of mankind, which is the primary reward for his labor. Isaiah says, he shall see the reward for his labor and his soul shall rejoice. So Jesus has already seen the first fruit which is the title deed of all things in heaven and earth given to him. The material acquisition is happening strategically by the maturation of the church, the purifying of the saints, and the positioning of the saints for the final harvest. Are we getting the point now? Number three, 
we have been humanized against condemnation. Ooh, somebody say thank you, Jesus. Romans 8, 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk after the flesh, but who walk after the Spirit, who walk in the Spirit, according to the Spirit. Survive for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free, has made me free from love, sin, and death. So listen, whenever condemnation comes, be sure it's not from God. Whenever, it does not matter how well-meaning the condemner is. And listen, all of us have condemned people before. All of us, because we're human. And some of us still condemn people. We, some of us, we condemn people like old inverter batteries. Some of us, we condemn people like old torchlight batteries. Condemn, condemn, condemn. Now, the people who can face condemnation are those who are not in Christ Jesus. But Romans 8, 1 to 3, or 1 to 4, read that. If you're in Christ, you can't, you can't be condemned. You know why? If I'm inside a house and it's raining, I cannot be wet. The internal conditions of my new environment immunizes me against the external factors. If I'm inside an airplane, sorry, I can't move at the speed of an Okada. I'm not even trying. Even if all I'm doing is I'm sleeping inside the airplane, I'm still moving at the speed of the aircraft. So there's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Somebody fails, falls, misses the mark, we don't condemn. We correct. We might in fact, we chastise because we chastise those that we love. We can use words. We can use the word, the ultimate thing. We can challenge. We can discipline. We can discipline. We can have growth, growth activation techniques. Gats. So that they'll get it. <laughs> right? But we don't condemn because we're humanized against condemnation. Number four, we're humanized against damage, destruction, and damnation. So, listen please, let me be very clear. We are not immunized against life circumstances. We are immunized against the damage that they can cause and the damage that they do, they do cause to other people who are either not in Christ or who are not conscious of their redemptive rights of immunization. Isaiah 43, Isaiah 43, it says, But now, thus says the Lord from verse 1, Isaiah 43, 1 to 4. But now, says the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, and you who formed you, Israel, fear not, I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. He says, you are mine. You are immunized. You are mine. When? He didn't say if. He said, when you pass through the waters, they will not overflow you. He said, when you walk through the floods, through the rivers, I will be with you. He said, when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Neither shall you be scorched. Listen. You are not immunized against the fire. You are immunized against burning. There's a difference. Burning is the operation of fire. Fire is a region of burning gases. <laughs> that means you will go through things that will burn other people, but you will shine because you're made of a different material. The fire that can roast meat and fry plantain and burn paper will also refine gold. And Peter says that your faith is much like pure gold, refined gold. So you're not immunized against rivers. Some of you are even from river states. How can I be immunized against rivers? You're from Port Harcourt. Port Harcourt. Hey, listen, you're not immunized against rivers, but you are immunized against being flooded. You're not immunized against waters, but you're immunized against being over, overflown, overflowed. <laughs> is anybody getting this is anybody on fire 
Bride kina tuvrenia kati. Jigale konime nubala. That thing you're going through will not overflow you. You're coming out of it with a testimony. You're coming out of it with a jewel. You're coming out of it with a pearl. Listen, if sand gets into somebody's eye, it can cause blindness. Sand gets in somebody's eye. It can cause all kinds of eye defects. If the same sand gets into an oyster, after a while, guess what it becomes? It becomes a pearl. A pearl is a stone that got into an oyster or got into some other natural chemicals. And it became something people pay for. Something that can blind other people. Listen, the conditions of your life converts your troubles into testimonies. Your immunization is a God-given inoculation to ensure that there is no tribulation that will lead to your termination. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. The immunization of God, it converts your troubles into trouble. It converts your pain into power. It converts your shame into a shining testimony of glory. I don't know who's going through what right now, but I release upon you grace upon grace. God's grace is multiplied unto you to lift you, to bolster you, to buoy you, to lift you on high and to jet propel you into your divine destiny. You are not falling. You are not failing. You are not dying. You are not drying up. You are not dying out. You have been refined. The Bible says this light affliction is nothing compared to the heavier weight of glory. 2 Corinthians 4 from verse 16. Come on now. Come on now. Nothing compared. An oyster is a sea creature. So the fire will burn. Sorry, the fires will burn, but I won't roast. And we see examples, the three Hebrew boys, same fire that even burnt the men that tied them and threw them there. That fire set them loose. I proclaim as a prophetic voice and as the prophet over your life, I proclaim concerning you that anything that's been designed to destroy you will begin to promote you. Anything that was designed to damage you, to hurt you, to break you, to crush you, to squash you, is now converted by the catalytic capacity of Christ into a life-changing, life-strengthening, life-glorifying, life-enriching, enhancing opportunity and that you enter into the fullness of the divine design for you in the name of Jesus. So you're immunized against damnation, against destruction, against damage. Three boy boys were there. And when they were in the fire, the fourth man showed up. Jesus showed up in their fire. You will see the experience of Jesus. You will sense his presence. Psalm 91 says, the Lord, it says, he that does bring secrets of Moses shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. It says that a thousand may fall by his side, ten thousand by right hand, but only with your eyes. In other words, you're immunized. People are falling, but you're, you're immunized, immunized, right? People, things are failing. The economy is bad, but guess what? You get immunity. So listen, it does not mean you will never be fired. Some people will be fired, but guess what? The fire, they might fire you, but they can't burn you. Woo! Come on, somebody. Send me my white paper. They can fire you, but they cannot burn you. They might fire you, but God will fire you up into his purpose. And so, number five, guess what? You are also immunized against defeat. You are also immunized against defeat. Defeat speaks about final failure. It talks about being utterly cast down. We see this, Psalm 37, Psalm 37. 
23 to 24. Psalm 37, 23 to 24. See what it says. The steps of a good man, they are like the pizza you order from Domino's or like the chickweeds from Chicken Republic or like the suya from your street. He said they are ordered. Come on now. My steps are like pizzas. They are ordered. He says the steps of a good man, they are ordered by the Lord. Listen to this. The next line, most of you know that first line, but the next line, he said he delights in his way. That's God delights in the way of this guy. God is interested, engaged, happy about the steps he's taken. Listen, listen, listen. When God orders your steps, please take them. When God orders his steps, why? It means there's a dimension of delight in that instruction that only your obedience will unlock. Because it says the Lord delights in his way. He didn't just say he delights in his heart, in his thoughts, in his wishes, in his potential. He says he delights in his way. That as this good man is stepping there, he may be imperfect. He may not know how to move. He may not know how to answer all the questions. But whilst he's on the way, this is the reason it looks like some people, they're not really that great at what they do, but they keep doing better. Why? Because even with the low skills they have, they're engaging the divine instructions, opportunities, possibilities, serving, giving. And God like, ah, this guy is a mover. Let's support him. Let's strengthen him. Somebody shout, I move. Never entertain the fear of defeat. Is a distraction. The fear of defeat is a distraction to the believer. The believer has no reason to fear defeat. Because watch what it says. It says, though he fall. Give us that text again. Psalm 37, 23 to 24. Again, he's not immunized against falling. The believer can fall. Just like a baby. A baby is not immunized against eating the wrong thing. But when he eats the wrong thing, the inoculation, the injection, the vaccine has already created a boost in his immune system. That even though he's eating nothing, it cannot penetrate his bloodstream and it cannot cause any major harm or difficulties. But it's going to reject it. So the Bible says, Though he fall, you're not immunized against the fall, but you're immunized against defeat. He said he shall not be utterly cast down. Ha! The devil can no longer bugai you with being cast down. The devil can no longer harass you. The devil can no longer manipulate you, maneuver you. The devil can no longer do that. You know why? Because you're immunized against defeat. Come on, somebody, give God praise. Give God praise. Though he falls, he shall not be utterly cast down. Why? He says, for the Lord grasps his hand in support. I feel like preaching. Come on, don't let me throw my iPad right now. Don't let me throw my phone against the wall right now. Don't let me throw my laptop. He said, do you know how exciting this is? I've got a guarantee. I've got, come on, a BBG. I've got a bounce back guarantee. Don't matter how low I fall, I'm still going to rise up. The Bible says the Lord grasps him. Woo! You lost some money, you're bouncing back. You had a moral failure, you're bouncing back. Come on now. You forgot something, an old instruction, you're bouncing back. You did something you're so ashamed of. Come on, get under the blood. Come on, get into the word. Come on, get back in community and fellowship. You are bouncing back. Come on, let me go. Nikabato Vina Habaya. Woo! For those of you who can join me from 820 on the Instagram live, join, join, join. I'm going to be sharing some powerful things. Powerful things. Four minutes to go. Psalm 24, verse 16. For a righteous man, listen, not just once now, 
sorry, Proverbs 24, verse 16 now. Proverbs 24, verse 16. For a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again. This is what shows the immunity of the believer. Why? It says, but the wicked, when that wicked falls, it shall be by calamity. So I want you to notice that many times it looks like wicked people, they are doing wickedness, 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 wickedness. They're doing wickedness, 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 wickedness. And it looks like everything is good because God is long suffering. So they are not immunized, but God gives them a long rope. But when they fall, boom, yakata. He says the difference is that the believer, he can fall today, he's up the next day. If, why? When he's falling that frequently, there's an issue. He needs to be dealt with. He's not been discipled because he's not learned to walk. And discipleship is walking progressively in the light and knowledge of God, dying to self and increasing in the knowledge of, in the, in the substance of the character of Christ. So if somebody falls over and over and over and over and over, the person is that demon possessed, that is not born again, or demon oppressed, or has a habit, or has a great degree of ignorance, right? But if it's righteous, he's standing up again. You can't keep a good man down. For a righteous, the righteous man, he said, the lovers of God may suffer adversity and stumble seven times, and they will continue to rise over and over again, typically. But the unrighteous are brought down by just one calamity and will never be able to rise again. The final immunization is close to that, but it's called failure. Failure. First Corinthians 13. Love never fails, but whether, come on now, whether they are prophecies, they will fail. Whether they are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. He says, look at the perfect man. Finding that scripture, I believe Psalm 37 or so. He said, look at the perfect man. The end of his way is peace. Somebody say, I can never fail. I can never fail. Now the only way I know, you can never fail. Why? You are a love child of a love God who gave up his love son so he can have a love relationship with you. And it says that love never fails. So even if your own love for God fails, God's love for you will never fail. And in this covenantal redemptive relationship, what really guarantees the sustenance is not your weak, flimsical, oftentimes mood-led, tempered, tenured love. Mm -mm. It is the love of the Father that keeps reaching and keeps lifting and keeps washing and keeps cleaning. And the more you bask in that love, the less you are sensitive to what people think about you or see about you, the more you're conscious about what God has said about you. Psalm 37, verse 37, thank you. So mark the blameless man. is the blood of Jesus that really makes you blameless and observe the upright, which means that your heart is right, your posture is right. It doesn't mean you're morally perfect. It means you're, you're geared on what God has to say. And you're focused on that. He said, the future of that man is peace. I don't need a Ouija board to know that we, Atija, <laughs> I don't need, I don't need a crystal ball to know that my future shines brighter than crystal. I don't need astrology to know that God is the rock of my geology. I do not need a telescope or a periscope to get the full scoop on my God scope. Come on now, I can never fail. I am undefeatable. I have bounce back guarantee. I kept moving over and over and over in the name of Jesus. Somebody give God praise and glory right now. Blessings to you.
Blessings to you. Karetovina Kabratis. Brushigalai. Tovrina Gibai. Ende Nekeba. Tovrima. Give God praise. Give God praise. I gotta run. Give God praise. Join me on IG. Give God praise and glory. Give God praise and glory right now. Father, we adore you. We honor you. We lift you on high. We'll proclaim your blessing and your peace upon this house. We are humanized. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen and amen. All right, bless you. Does any of the pastors want to say something? If there's anyone who wants to say or do something, you have five or so minutes to do it. You have my license and my permission. I need to jump on Instagram right now. Kovri Badai, Satina Kapandus. All right, nobody? All right, have a great, great night. is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org. And send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing. Someone you know needs this. Kindly share this now.